Engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Good evening. Welcome. Another rainy day here in Atlanta. It's Eric Erickson and Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800 WSB Talk. Thanks for joining us. Uh, there is all sorts of news brimming out there, including rumors swirling under the gold dome about the speaker. I hear there's more coming from media outlets about the Speaker of the House. We'll get into that. Remember, you can text Speaker to 345-345, and you'll get back the phone number to so you can direct dial your member of the State House and tell them to take action against the Speaker. Uh, I, I've actually gotten feedback from a lot of members of the legislature that they've been overwhelmed with phone calls. The switchboard at one point earlier this week completely shut down with people. Couldn't get calls in at all because so many people were calling about this. So keep it up. Good job for you. But we got to move into the Jesse Smollett situation. I, You know, credit to the media. I was on uh, National Public Radio this morning talking about, uh, in the 6 a.m. hour, talking about me deciding, uh, as a never-Trumper, deciding I would endorse the president for 2020. And the lead story at 6 a.m. on NPR was Jesse Smollett. And I really thought that with the situation breaking yesterday with the white supremacist Coast Guard terrorist— uh, the media would suddenly say, oh, enough of this. But they actually, they covered it today. And the press conference was amazing. Uh, just, I want you to, I want to play some clips from the Eddie Johnson with the uh, police in Chicago talking about this situation and what Jesse Smollett tried to pass off. The guy sounds like a real sociopath. And I want you to think this has been going on for three weeks and the media played the story up, including Robin Roberts at ABC News giving this guy wall-to-wall coverage. In fact, you know what? Before I even get to the press conference, I think it's worth setting the parameters of this conversation by going back to Robin Roberts on ABC News. If you will recall, Robin Roberts, who is the Good Morning America host, interviewed Smollett and gave him the opportunity to essentially uh, set the story in his favor, where she allowed him to claim that one of the reasons or the chief reason that she he was attacked was because of his criticism of Donald Trump, who he referred to smugly as 45, that because he criticized 45, these Trump supporters, he claimed, attacked him. And the entire thing is astonishing as she as they build up the situation with Smollett and allow him to make these sensational claims. And in making these sensational claims, uh, no one wants to hold any of them accountable. No one wants to hold Jesse Smollett accountable. At least they didn't. And now suddenly they're turning on him. Now suddenly they're beginning to say that, oh, look, it's true. He rigged this. He fabricated this. He made this up. And you know what the next sentence is typically? But it's true. There's hate for people in America because of Donald Trump. The media doesn't want to deal with what Smollett did. They want to deal with it, but then frame it in such a way as to make people believe that he had some legitimate reason for doing this. Now, having up, oh, here we go. Yeah, this is the Mollett situation. About what he's learned and the bigger message he wants the world to hear. What do you feel people need to hear the most? 
from this story. That's the first time he's given a detailed account, an account that Chicago police have said has been consistent. He hasn't changed his story. They also said it's credible. Police have said that, and also that he has been very cooperative. It's been two weeks since that night left actor Jesse Smollett bruised but not broken, and he's still processing the raw emotions. Have you ever been threatened before? Yeah. I get threatened all the time. And he, I asked him about if there were other possible threats that, he had, threats that he had received, and he did talk about the letter that was sent to the Fox studio where Empire is sent. Police have confirmed... Stop, 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 stop. That, that, that's the letter that he himself did now. Yes, the media has danced around this. The FBI, apparently, or federal investigators are now looking. Smollett's the one who sent himself the letter. That letter. And despite lack of video surveillance footage, Smollett hopes to rewrite the narrative about that night, saying he fought back against his attackers and reported the incident after his creative director called 911. And there is no doubt in your mind what motivated this attack. I could only go off of their words. There's many reasons why Jesse wanted to sit down and do this. First was to say thank you to his many supporters, to answer the questions, uh, the, the critics, but also um, the, the times that he came emotional is when he was talking about gay youth and the LGBTQ community. What do you say to a young gay man, a young gay person? To learn to fight. Earlier this week, he submitted phone records from within an hour of the incident. But Chicago police said they were limited and heavily redacted, adding they need additional information to corroborate the investigative timeline. His attorneys tell us they are willing to cooperate. Why do you think you were targeted? I can just assume. I mean, I come really, really hard against... 45. And as I said earlier, the police have said he's been consistent, that he has been credible, that he has been cooperative. And the if the attackers are never found, how will you be able to heal? Yeah, that gives you a good sense of what's going on here. That that was Robin Roberts with ABC News. That was last week. That was last week. Two weeks after the story had begun to develop, two weeks after doubts were being raised, and she treats it as, sure, she throws in the police say he didn't give them all the records, but she treats it as legitimate. And ABC News Today is like, oh, no, 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 we, we, not us. This was a celebrity interview. We were just letting the celebrity vent. Well, wait until you hear what the police are saying today in Chicago. We'll see if ABC News gives them as much coverage as they were willing to give to Smollett. I want to play you some clips from Eddie Johnson. He is the police superintendent in Chicago. He's pretty upset about this. He's upset in part because he thinks that Chicago is getting a black eye for a story where it was a made-up story. But he's also upset because of the police resources that were expended on an investigation where it turns out that Jesse Smollett is the chief suspect in his own hate crime. I'm left hanging my head and asking why. Why would anyone, especially an African-American man, use the symbolism of a noose to make false accusations? How could someone... How could someone... Well, I'm sorry, folks. Not sure what happened there. Uh, we're having issues with the audio sound bites. Let me see if I can pull back up. Uh, this, again, Eddie Johnson, the chief of police. Nope, sorry, we're having some sort of internal issue here. We will get it fixed so we can continue to play those sound bites for you. Uh, but in any event, uh, Johnson goes on to say that at a minimum, Smollett needs to apologize for what he did to Chicago. He needs to apologize for, 
giving Chicago a black eye. He needs to apologize to people for accusing, and this is one of the key bits here from Eddie Johnson, who is black. He is the police chief, the police superintendent in Chicago, that that Smollett needs to apologize to a class of people, to a group of people who he falsely accused of doing this. And keep in mind, one of the big issues here, again, the press has danced over the issue of Smollett and the letter, and now they're dancing over the issue of Smollett was willing to go in and verify that the two suspects were his attackers until he found out who the suspects were. In other words, he was willing to go verify that the people arrested were his attackers until he found out they were actually his attackers. He was willing to falsely accuse two people of attacking him. That's astonishing. And how much the media played up the story. You know, as I mentioned the other day, there's the big controversy about uh, CNN hiring Sarah Flores, who was Jeff Sessions' spokeswoman at the Department of Justice. She's worked for Mitt Romney, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, uh, Carly Fiorina, and others. She's a been a professional communicator for politicians for a number of years. They've hired her in an editorial management position. The left is outraged by this in ways they never were outraged when uh, Jim Scudo from the Obama administration was hired as an anchor and reporter for CNN. They're not nearly as outraged by uh, George Stephanopoulos having been a Democratic operative. All these Democrats get hired. The left says nothing. Sarah Flores gets hired in a non-reporter, non-anchor role, just a management role. They're livid that CNN would hire her. And they're saying, you need professional journalists. You need professional journalists, CNN. You mean you need the people who got the Duke Lacrosse case wrong? You need people who got the Covington Catholic School wrong. You need people who got the University of Virginia case wrong. You need people who got the Jesse Smollett case wrong. Maybe, you know, there was a time in this country where people actually respected reporters and trusted the press. And it was a time where many of the people who were reporting had had careers elsewhere first. They had been soldiers. They had been farmers. They had been in white-collar jobs, and they transitioned into the media. They were great storytellers, and and they appreciated facts, and they wanted to get facts out about what was going on in the world. And now we have these uh, J-school liberals who leave journalism school and go off and work for left-wing think tanks and then embed themselves in journalism and declare that no one else is allowed unless they think exactly like these guys. They're the ones embarrassing the profession, and— They're the ones who are upset, and they're the ones who have made all of the mistakes in the past several years with these big stories, slandering people. Now, as a headline at the resurgence said this morning, enter Sandman. Uh, Nick Sandman is suing the Washington Post for $250 million because these professional journalists, they keep getting stuff wrong. Just a quick time out to tell you about this week's sponsor, and it is my favorite toothbrush, Quip. And I don't just say that because they're the sponsor of this program. I've actually used a Quip for two years or longer now. In fact, I'm getting my, um, so I'm having to do the Invisalign, the braces thing, and I really don't like it. But every time I go, my doctor asks if I'm using uh, teeth whitener, bleach on my teeth. and No, I got sensitive gums. I can't do it. Um, but the reason he keeps asking me is because of the progress from the Quip Electric Toothbrush. Uh, the lack of tartar and plaque buildup has been amazing. I can get to the very back of my mouth because it's so well designed. I really do like this toothbrush. My wife uses one now as well, and I highly recommend them. And the Quip starts at just $25 
$10 if you go to getquip.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Go right now and you're going to get your first refill pack free with the Quip Electric Toothbrush. A refill pack? Yeah. You get your brush heads every three months for just five bucks. You get a new brush head. And that's your first refill pack for free if you go to getquip.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, getquip.com slash Eric. We're working on the audio. I really want to play these clips from the from the superintendent of the Chicago police. He really was upset today. And Smollett, it appears, has posted bond and will be leaving court soon. CNN surprisingly covering this live. They haven't moved on from the story as I expected they would. It's, it's actually nice to see. Uh, we'll keep you up to date with those details. Have you all heard about the Jeffrey Epstein story? I, I, I got to be delicate how I discuss this story. Um, but there's a tie into government. I actually had some friends in studio with me before the show started, and we were talking about good governance and conservatives, I think really can pry apart parts of the democratic coalition on the issue of good governance. That's one reason it's so important to tackle the issue of the speaker of the house here in Georgia, because it comes down to, do you want to corrupt people in charge or do you want honest politicians in charge? And again, the, the whole reason I'm a conservative is because I'm a Christian and I know we're all sinners and I want as few in charge of me as possible. So I support small government, small government, letting people live their lives as they choose, I think is the best way forward. And we're, we're seeing this now where the rich and powerful more and more are behaving as an aristocracy in this country in certain situations where they think they can get away with stuff. And, and thankfully, we do still have a good justice system where it may take time, but ultimately justice will prevail if we let it. And this Epstein story is so indicative of that, where Epstein, now this has a tie into the Trump administration. The new labor secretary is Andrew Acosta, who is a sharp, sharp guy, by the way. Uh, He's the labor secretary, but he used to be a district, a U.S. attorney. And he allowed a plea agreement to go forward with Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein is a billionaire who essentially had an island where the rich and powerful could go have their way with underage children, if you believe this, uh, believe the charges. He lived in a Palm Beach mansion. He pled guilty in state court to two prostitution charges. He served 13 months in county jail, was given immunity from federal prosecution. Uh, some of Epstein's friends included one of the British ro- members of the British royal family, Bill Clinton, and others. Acosta sealed the deal, which meant Epstein's victims, who were mostly 13 to 16 years old at the time of abuse, were, weren't told about it until it was too late for them to appear at their sentencing, at his sentencing and possibly have the deal rejected. And now it looks like Alexander Acosta and others are going to be held to account because of that. Uh, this is just another example of the rich and powerful pulling strings to be able to get their way, and, and justice finally caught up with them. And it, it, I reading these stories, it just... it makes me angry about the failure of government. And then I think about this Ralston situation where he's using his power as speaker to ensure that cases never come to trial. And thankfully, it's beginning to blow up in the state legislature. I hear there's movement afoot and people are still calling. Um, But I think conservatives, if they hold their own side accountable and clean up their own side, have real argument to make that we're for good, clean government. have fixed 
the audio, I do believe. Hallelujah. I want to play you some of these clips now from Eddie Johnson, the superintendent of the Chicago police on the Smollett situation. Mr. Smollett is the one that orchestrated this crime. Um, they became cooperating witnesses in the 47th hour of their 48-hour hold time. So now they are witnesses to what he did. So he has to be accountable for what he did. He orchestrated this. This announcement today recognizes that Empire actor Jesse Smollett took advantage of the pain and anger of racism to promote his career. I'm left hanging my head and asking why. Absolute justice would be an apology to this city that he smeared, um, admitting what he did, and then be man enough to, to offer what he should offer up in terms of all the resources that were put into this. Thank you all. <laughs> and the investigation cost millions, and that, that's only the city part of it. Federal investigators also had to be called in on the letter. And it was apparently, I'm seeing some press reports suggesting it was the letter that was also a tip-off that uh, Smollett may have been behind it because it was looking more and more like him. So I read a very fascinating article on uh, postal inspectors. Some of the best inspectors, uh, investigators in the country now have gotten so used to people thinking that, well, for example, you may wipe your fingerprints off an envelope before you put it in the mail. Did you do that with the stamp? Did you not lick the envelope with your own saliva? Did you take your cell phone with you to the mailbox where you dropped off the letter? All of these things can be traceable by postal inspectors now, particularly cell phones is one of the ways that they catch people doing this. It was a fascinating story. Now, let us go to the phones. Robert is calling from Covington. You're going to be up first, Robert. Welcome. Hey, Eric. Uh, thanks for having me on. Sure. Uh, I just wanted to weigh in here uh, real quick. I don't uh, believe that uh, Smollett's intended target uh, was Chicago at all. I personally think uh, he was trying to paint President Trump and the 62 million people that voted for him as just basically racists and bigots uh, who wear or may wear a uh, MAGA ball cap. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me either, and I haven't heard anybody mention this, it wouldn't surprise me, Eric, if some or all of the dim presidential candidates uh, had a hand in this. Well, I don't think that the Democratic presidential candidates had a hand in this. I think it was him himself, and based on the evidence from the police superintendent in Chicago, it appears that contrary to initial rumors that Smollett may be being dropped from the Empire show, it turns out he wanted to do this because he was headed up for a contract renegotiation and thought if he could get in the news like this, it would give him fame and credibility in order to boost his salary. And to be honest with you, when you think about it, in addition to him playing up the anti-Trump stuff, this really speaks about the mindset in Hollywood right now, where the more celebrity you have in La Résistance, the more you can get away with and the more you can do and the more you can be paid. And the media, again, has a lot to do with that, emboldening these people, making it all about Donald Trump. You know, I saw some celebrity had tweeted last week or so uh, that in regards to the situation that wearing the red Make America Great Again cap is now the equivalent of wearing a white hood. And all of these these liberalizers, yes, amen, yes, yes, oh, yes, preach. Of course, they didn't say preach because they're secular atheists, but nonetheless, you, you get the point. And I was, you know, this is crazy. 
This is you're, you're defining people by the support of their candidate. And what they're trying to do is say supporting this guy is bad. And I'll tell you where this leads. This leads to people, again, not being willing to speak up in 2020 to say they're supporting the president. This leads to people being silent Trump supporters and, and liberals yet again being surprised by a silent majority. And that silent majority then causes them to, oh, the Russians must have stolen it again because I don't know anybody who was bold enough to admit they supported Trump. Well, of course not, because you'd consider them a racist and try to hound them out of their job if they did. So they're going to be surprised again come 2020. Although I've got to tell you, I, there's a, a growing sense that I have that – Republicans are playing to a strategy inside an echo chamber that's not going to work well for them. They're going to have to come up with a little more. In 1996, uh, a friend of mine who was a Democratic strategist for Bill Clinton told me a story about that race where if you looked at the polling in 1996, you know, Bob Dole, people, the Democratic side, they were actually worried about Bob Dole for a while and they were worried about Jack Kemp. And Ann Richards, the governor of Texas, had lost her reelection to George W. Bush in 1994. Bush came in in the wave of 94. Remember, Jeb didn't. Jeb lost Lawton Childs, and a, a lot of people thought he was going to be the boy wonder. And it took him a few more years to become governor of Florida. And so it was George W. who became. And ironically, Jeb was more conservative than, than George W. But nonetheless, George W. beat Ann Richards. Uh, Ann Richards had been a highly popular governor in Texas and still lost to George W. in a big Republican wave. And she called Bill Clinton and she told him he was going to lose to Bob Dole. And the polling showed it. And the reason he was going to lose to Bob Dole was because he was telling people what he had done for them, not what he was going to do for them. He was focused on what had already happened. Well, people already had those gains in. How much better was he going to make it? And that really shifted the Clinton campaign strategy in, in, 2000, in 1996 to paint a picture of what another four years would look like. And I think there is a strategic problem building for Republicans right now and that they are so focused on the Democrats moving towards socialism, they're not willing to paint a picture of how much better it's going to look with the Republicans. And you've got to understand that one of the reasons millennials are flirting, flirting with, flirtatious with, affectionately longing for socialism right now is because they've never experienced it. They don't know how bad it is. They look at Venezuela they look at Cuba, they look at North Korea, they look at China, they, they look at, at Russia and they think, eh, they're just doing it wrong. They Or they're not implementing it the way we would implement it or they're, they're different from us. It, it wouldn't work the same way here. What they do know is that the way capitalism has been applied in this country over the last two decades has left them behind. Millennials and the, what are they calling, the Gen Z or whatever, are more likely than not to be worse off financially long term than their parents' generation. And they're the first generation in the United States to have experienced that where they're going to be left behind. They There was no economic recovery for them. They were going into the workforce as that 2008 recovery was happening with Obama, and it really wasn't a recovery. And they heard Obama saying it was recovery, and they loved Obama, and yet they weren't benefiting from it. So they're flirting with socialism because they believe capitalism has failed them. And, and capitalism has implemented this crony capitalist style a policy perspective where governments give huge tax breaks to Fortune 500 companies that don't necessarily need them. They ignore small businesses and mid-sized businesses in state, much as Georgia has done in the past, frankly. Well, these millennials are thinking this may not be so bad. And so if the president and the Republicans are campaigning and say, oh, they're going to give you socialism, they're going to wreck the economy, they're going to do that, you got these millennials saying, well, 
what are you going to offer me instead? Because if you're just going with the status quo, it's failed me. So Donald Trump and the Republicans, when they head into 2020, they need to be painting a picture to people of how much better it's going to look with Donald Trump for another four years than how it will look with these socialist policies. And they can't just say, look at Venezuela, because intuitively people understand we're not Venezuela. But they're going to have to paint a picture of how the president's policies will work and these other people's policies won't work. And they're going to have to do it in an environment where the media is out to get them and the media is not willing to be honest about these situations. And the media is willing to distort the picture to make it look like the other side is doing well. And the president is the one person who can do it. He's got a bully pulpit no one else has. He loves to use it. But he's going to have to be able to do that. He just can't say they're bad, we're good because they tried that in 2018 and it didn't work. People went for the Democrats. In part, they went for the Democrats because they wanted someone somewhere to hold this president accountable. But they're going to need to paint a compelling vision for what a re-election of the president looks like, and it can't just be we're stopping the other side because people still ultimately do want to vote for something. And I think the president has it within him to be able to give people something, but he's still going to have to paint that picture. We can't just say the other side's bad. All right, important heads up. I am told uh, that there are members in the House of Representatives who are moving forward uh, with an effort to remove the Speaker of the House, and they're going to need your support if this happens. I'm also told that there is more coming about the Speaker in the media uh, in addition to how his he and his staff have uh, bullied those who would – reveal what he has done in other cases, uh, civil and criminal cases, uh, that has been buzzing about today in various newsrooms around Atlanta. If you want to help, if you want to make an impact, if you want to have this fight, uh, then you are going to need to text SPEAKER to 345345. One of the things that you guys have been telling me is that you, you reach out, you talk to the assistant who's answering the phone, and you never hear back from the legislator. Well, I have the in-district phone numbers for these for a number of these state legislators, and tomorrow I will be sending out the in-district phone numbers to those of you who have texted. It will be in an Excel spreadsheet, uh, and you will be able to easily access the phone numbers uh, in-district for the various state legislators so they won't be able to avoid you because many times it's their offices and you'll be able to reach out to them and tell them they need to take action on the speaker. Many of them are working very hard to make sure they don't hear from you. I'm actually kind of amazed by the number of members of the state house who make it very, very difficult for you to reach them outside of the state legislature. I have done my best. It turns out that the file is on the state uh, House of Representatives website, and I will send that out to you guys tomorrow so that you can call in district to these members of the state legislature. Make sure they understand that this isn't me. This is what the speaker is telling everyone, that this is just the liberals at the AJC and one angry talk show host, that it's not really constituents who are calling. Uh, you need to make sure that these state legislators know if, if you text speaker to 345345, you can call your state house representative in the Capitol right now with the link I'll send you back. But also tomorrow you'll be able to call them in the district. Some of them don't have the numbers for all of them. I'm working on that. But they really do believe that this isn't a situation. They really do believe that there is no scandal. Meanwhile, you've got victims waiting to have justice, victims waiting to be able to go in court and tell their story against Ralston's clients, and he's delaying and delaying and delaying and delaying. So 
Uh, text speaker to 345-345 and keep the heat on. It's apparently working. There are some nervous Nellies as well in the state legislature. Some of them ha- have said they've never seen phone calls like they're seeing on this issue. They've never seen the meltdown of the switchboard like they're seeing. Even on the, the RIFRA issue, they haven't seen it. Uh, people are really, really upset about this, and it's become very organic. Uh, so tell your friends to do it as well. you got to keep the pressure on. It's starting to have a difference. When we come back... Some actual really good legislation from the State House of Representatives that you will really appreciate. My people, it's me, it's Eric Erickson. It's Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone number is 404-872-0750-1800, WSB Talk. i got to talk about legislation in the House. There are people on hold I want to get to. Be patient with me. Give me a minute. There actually is some breaking news I need to get to before I do anything else, and then I'll go to phone calls. Federal prosecutors have arrested or charged an IRS investigator in California with admitting... Uh, leaking confidential documents relating to Michael Cohen. That's right. Federal prosecutors say an IRS investigator in California admitted leaking confidential details of financial transactions by former Trump attorney Michael Cohen to Michael Avenatti, the lawyer for Stormy Daniels. The guy's name is John C. Fry. He's being charged in federal court with searching for and disseminating suspicious activity records, SARS reports, filed by banks when they note potentially suspicious transactions. Federal officials say they found telephone records that indicate Fry placed a phone call from his personal cell phone to Michael Avenatti the day before Avenatti released details of Cohen's financial transactions and then called him back the day after. Not only that, um, they show that uh, Fry repeatedly searched the database for details relating to Michael Cohen, and Avenatti disseminated the information about the Cohen receipts of $500,000 from a company linked to the Russians in 2017. So you have another IRS agent. Remember, it was the outside... um, Who was the the dumb girl? She had some, like, hippy-dippy name out in Augusta who uh, leaked information about the president's conversation with the Australians. And now you've got this. Members of La Résistance embedded within the bureaucracy of the United States government willing to name and shame people they don't like, deciding that they themselves will be the arbiters of what is right. David Ralston's listening to this right now and saying, don't you do that? Well, yes, because I have a radio show. (laughs) Nonetheless, this this is a big issue. Uh, it's another another evidence of la resistance embedded within the bureaucracy of the federal government needing to be weeded out. Uh, and I do believe that we should probably get rid of the civil service. I've never been a fan of civil service laws uh, because the civil servants, they work in the executive branch of government. The president is the executive. He should be able to hire and fire at will. And I realize the civil service laws, they kind of give the president an excuse to say, no, I can't fire that person. But I think the president should be able to hire and fire at will. Uh, randomly as well. So I've got all, I'm in the studio and I got all these TVs on. MSNBC is on, the Weather Channel is on, Fox is on, CNN is on, got another channel, CNBC is on. Uh, you know how all the media, they, they say, hey, Fox isn't talking about this story and everybody else is. Um, all the other networks are talking about Jesse Smollett and MSNBC is not. Is that relevant? Can we play by the same rules there? Because 
the left-wing stations are refusing to report on this. In fact, the Washington Post this, this morning, if you got their paper, you would never know that anything happened in the Smollett matter. They never actually ran a story in the Washington Post today. All right. That said, I want to take some phone calls. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Now, I shall go to Charles from Grayson, who's been waiting patiently. Welcome, Charles. How you doing, Eric? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fine. I have no idea how you get your information, and you are so be on point with it. I make it up. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> My thing is, a lot of this stuff, things going on with Donald Trump, and they're coming after people he know. At what point does Donald Trump say enough is enough and start fighting back? I'm waiting on that that to happen. You know, here's my my idea, and I have talked to the president's political advisors on this. There's polling that has come out from the pupil. As a matter of fact, um, friends of mine were in studio with me a couple hours ago. I was having this conversation with them. The polling from the Pew Research Foundation came out two days ago. Turns out that black and Hispanic voters in the Democratic Party are now conservative compared to the white Democrats. Uh, While they are in favor of government programs, they are much more socially conservative. They are much more fiscally conservative than uh, white liberals. And in fact, black and Hispanic voters in the Democratic Party are much more antagonistic to the idea of socialism than white Democrats are. I think it is time, and Donald Trump, like Richard Nixon, only Nixon could go to China, only Trump can go headfirst into the Democratic coalition and pull out the black and Hispanic voters. And he's going to have to change, I think, some of the way he talks on immigration. He doesn't have to change his position. I think securing the border, even Hispanic voters, support securing the border despite what the media says. But he needs to also be willing to say, we're not going to deport your grandmama who's been here for 40 years. And if he can do that and convince Hispanic voters the Democrats are godless, secular atheists who want to impose the very system of government that Hispanic voters or their parents or grandparents fled from, he's got a real opportunity to break apart the Democratic coalition. And only, I, I think, seriously, I, I look, I know, I'm not making this up. I can, I can hear the eyes rolling in the audience. But I really actually think it's true. The president just, he speaks off the cuff. He says things that you and I may grit our teeth and wish he hadn't said. But I actually think that the president understands that he's got to have more than his base. And I think he also understands that there are newer dynamics at play in this country than there have been in the past. And one of those dynamics is that suddenly in the Democratic Party, it's the white folks who have gone off the deep end of liberalism and black and Hispanic people who are much more conservative than the party. And he can make inroads there. He can make inroads, and I, I, I hope he will. Uh, before I get into commercial break, I want to tell you that there is legislation apparently that is going to be filed in the state House of Representatives uh, that will be uh, pushing the speaker out the door. And it is going to be vitally incumbent on all of you to make sure your state representatives sign on to this legislation. My attempt is to name and shame those who refuse to do it. Uh, I, I will use the the pulpit that I have here with this microphone to let you know which state representatives are not supporting the legislation. And what we will probably do is we will break it apart uh, a few names an hour. And if you know that if you live in their district, we will have the opportunity to call them. If you don't live in their district, you'll have the opportunity to tell your friends who do to call them and build pressure and hold them accountable. 
this situation is now beginning to roil the state house of representatives. They are more and more afraid of the speaker state. And you know, I gotta say, you got people like uh, Beth Moore and and Mary Thibodeau and others who are Democratic women who beat Republicans, running in large part on we needed to have greater honesty, transparency, and accountability under the Gold Dome. It's going to be deeply hypocritical of these incoming freshman Democrats uh, to take direction from their party instead of doing the right thing. They said they weren't going to be beholden to party when they ran. Now we're going to see, will they sign on to the resolution and build the numbers on this resolution to oust the speaker? Uh, text the word speaker to 345-345, and I'll start pushing out the information tomorrow so that you can connect and tell your legislator they need to start working on a resolution to oust the speaker because he's not going anywhere without public pressure, and man, is the public pressure building. Just a quick time out to tell you about this week's sponsor, and it is my favorite toothbrush, Quip. And I don't just say that because they're the sponsor of this program. I've actually used a Quip for two years or longer now. In fact, I'm getting my, um, so I'm having to do the Invisalign, the braces thing, and I really don't like it. But every time I go, my doctor asks if I'm using uh, teeth whitener, bleach on my teeth. and No, I got sensitive gums. I can't do it. Um, but the reason he keeps asking me is because of the progress from the Quip Electric Toothbrush. Uh, the lack of tartar and plaque buildup has been amazing. I can get to the very back of my mouth because it's so well designed. I really do like this toothbrush. My wife uses one now as well, and I highly recommend them. And the Quip starts at just $25 if you go to getquip.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Go right now, and you're going to get your first refill pack free with the Quip Electric Toothbrush. A refill pack? Yeah. You get your brush heads every three months for just 5 bucks. You get a new brush head. And that's your first refill pack for free if you go to getquip.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, getquip.com slash Eric. The phone number here is 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Let us go to the phones to Amy from Kennesaw. Welcome. Thank you. Hi. 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 Would you care if the whistleblower at the IRS was doing this to a Democrat or is it just Michael Cohen that you're upset about? No, or does it's, it matter it, whom he's talking about. Oh, I'm kind of glad Michael Cohen got ratted out. Kind of like the guy, but uh, no, I, so I have a problem with this because it's, it's not actually whistleblowing. Uh, it would be whistleblowing if you were going to the media to do it. Uh, but the issue here is we know that the Mueller investigators already had the records. Um, this, this leak did not cause the Mueller investigators to, um, to search for Michael Cohen's records, they already had them. Uh, this appears actually like this was someone who just wanted to uh, make a big story out of this and smear them, as opposed to letting the investigation go the go the way it went. And in the same way, uh, what's her name, um, Lois Lerner in the IRS did this with some conservative groups during the Obama administration. I having IRS agents uh, either using the information to publicly harm someone they don't like or hurt an organization they don't like, I I think is really bad precedent. If there were a whistleblower going to the media on something that was an abuse, that would be one thing. But this wasn't an abuse situation. Uh, The SARS documents were already obtained by Mueller as part of his investigation. There was no cover-up. It's not like the IRS was hiding this information. Uh, This is a guy who just wanted to hurt the president and, and Michael Cohen, and sent the information to Michael Avenatti to do so, to publicly hurt them. And when you have IRS agents who are willing to do that to people they decide they don't like, when 
there's been no illegality. There's been no cover-up. There's nothing like that. That's a real problem, and it doesn't matter whether they're Republican or Democrat. IRS agents need to be beyond reproach because if our tax system is a system where the people in charge can use it for vindictive purposes like Richard Nixon did in the 1960s, uh, then we've got a real problem as a society in not just trusting the government, but trusting the method methodology by which we fund the government. And that's wrong. I don't like paying taxes more than anyone else does, uh, but I do trust that the IRS is going to keep my information confidential. And unfortunately, in the last decade in particular, we've had several leaks from the IRS like this. They're not whistleblower leaks. Again, whistleblower actually means something. Whistleblower means that the government is engaged in a wrong or committed a wrong and tried to cover it up, and an employee is exposing that. There is actually an amazing story about a whistleblower that gives you a contrast. It turns out that the Park Service had three buckets they were keeping in the visitor center at the Grand at the Grand Canyon. You, this has not gotten the coverage. It should. This is amazing. So the National Park Service had three tin buckets with lids that they had in a video viewing room at the at the Grand Canyon uh, Tourist Center where kids were going in to see movies. Turns out the buckets were filled with uranium. And they were there for five years. And the Park Service poured the buckets out in a mine shaft and then didn't tell anybody. And a whistleblower called in OSHA and was able to get everybody in trouble. Um, that's whistleblowing. This is, hey, I don't like Michael Cohen or the president. I'm going to send this to Michael Avenatti so he can blow it up. That's different. So we got some news here. Uh, the coalition of uh, legislators is going to be calling for David Ralston to step down, uh, saying that the situation is untenable and these victims need justice and their day in court. Uh, and if he wants to continue to serve in the legislature, so be it. But he needs to step down as speaker so that he can have these cases tried. Uh, good for them. Now, I can tell you there's going to be huge, huge blowback from the speaker. Uh, I, I am told the speaker's office is just in a rage, threatening everyone, uh, obviously very mad at me trying to get people to convince me to shut up. Uh, not going to do it, and you better not either. Listen, uh, these guys need to hear from you and hear from you repeatedly. Their story that they're telling people is that, oh, well, there's more to the story than what they're than what the media is telling you. Listen, this is very cut and dry. The Speaker of the House has continued multiple cases for a number of years. In fact, there's a graphic. I, I may have to text this out to everybody who texts Speaker to 345345. Uh, my wife found this on Facebook. It was a graphical depiction of what the Speaker of the House has done and really puts it into perspective uh, for everybody. Uh, so charges, electronically furnishing obscene material to minors and enticing a child for indecent purposes happened in 2008, delayed 10 years by Speaker Ralston. Charges, vehicular homicide Date of the alleged crime, 2005, delayed eight years by Speaker Ralston. Charges, rape, statutory rape, two counts of child molestation, three counts of child molestation, and simple assault happened allegedly in 2012, delayed six years by the Speaker of the House. Charges, assault and battery for head-butting a female and biting her. Date of the alleged crime, 2014, delayed four years by the Speaker. 
After his case had been continued for over four years for assaulting and battering his girlfriend, Ralston's client stated, quote, that's why I gave him 20,000 bucks. He's worth every penny of it. That's what we're dealing with here. And a man like that is not going to uh, take calls to resign lightly. You're going to have to build pressure on your state representative. You're going to have to make your state representative fear you more than that state representative fears the speaker. And the way you do that is you confront them, and they're going to tell you things like, oh, there's more to the story. And your response is going to be, how is delaying a rape case for uh, six years? How is delaying a rape case for six years? More to the story. The victim wants justice. The victim's in therapy. The victim wants her day in court. How, how is... Uh, and, uh, delaying an assault and battery for headbutting a woman four years. How is how is that justice? How is there more to the story? And you're going to need to push them. And they're going to say, oh, you're just hearing it from the liberal AJC and, and say, no, you heard it from the victims. The victims were willing to go on record. And they're going to push back and they're going to say, oh, no, it's, it's complicated. And you're going to need to ask them, how is it complicated that the speaker is using his position to delay cases for years? And you're going to have to keep pushing back on them and make them fear you. Because right now they're fear of the speaker. They don't fear you. And I'm all I can do is give you the phone number. All I can do is tell you to call. All I can do is tell you to have your friends call. It can't just be you. It needs to be your friends. It needs to be everybody in that district for that state representative needs to hear them. And you need to not just go to the Republicans. If you live in a Democrat's district, them too. You got these people, Beth Moore, uh, Mary Thibodeau, and others. They beat Republicans. Well, they need to be held accountable too. It's these Democrats as well need to be on uh, on a resolution to remove Ralston. Uh, you don't give them the opportunity to use against the Republicans next year. Make them hold accountable now. They wanted to change the system. Why are they propping this guy up? So text the word speaker to 345-345. The dynamic has changed. Now a resolution's forthcoming to oust the speaker. You need to have your state representatives support ousting the speaker. Give them no wiggle room and make sure you talk to them. If you call and you talk to an aide, you say you're a constituent and you want your state representative to call you back. You pay his salary. You voted for him. You keep him employed. He needs to call his employer. He needs to call you. And you tell him, oust the speaker or else we will oust you. Text speaker to 345-345. Up, 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 up. Damage control, damage control. This just in from the Speaker of the House. As public servants, we understand we may face scrutiny and unfair media reports. It's a hazard to our jobs. My concern, however, as always, remains with you as my colleagues, our caucus, and the house that we all love. To that end, I've just completed an interview with WSB-TV. It should air at 6 p.m. I answered every question honestly and thoroughly. I conveyed that I've never misused the office with which I've been entrusted. If any of you have questions or concerns, my door remains open. Thank you for your continued support. And I vow we will continue our good work for serving all Georgians. Now, wait a second. Key paragraph here. I conveyed that I have never misused the office with which I've been entrusted. See, but he can get away with that because if he thinks that his speakership continues for the year, then legally he's allowed to get these continuances going. And so he can say, I didn't misuse the office. I'm entitled to do that. But we know that this has been happening. We know that these cases are being continued. We know that they're being that people are paying the speaker and going on record saying that that's why they're paying him. I mean, he can say it's not a misuse of office. Hey, you know, I got to tell you just just briefly, 
David Ralston in 2009 would be challenging David Ralston in 2019 for speakership. Remember Glenn Richardson, Glenn Richardson, the former Speaker of the House, had all sorts of issues. David Ralston challenged him, said that that Richardson was unfit to continue in office. That David Ralston from 2009 would be challenging David Ralston in 2019. Whatever happened to that David Ralston? I don't know. I don't know. Joe from Locust Grove, you're next. Welcome. Hey, uh, Eric. Thanks for taking my call again. Sure. Uh, just a quick question. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, him merely resigning is not enough. When he resigns, and yes, he should resign, he should be thrown out. In the, but he should be thrown under the jail. He should be brought up in front of a judge, and uh, he should be uh, charged and convicted. Well, but, the, but the, that's the problem, though, Joe, is that there's actually he, he's committed no crime. Um, the state bar, the legal requirements for lawyers says you got to zealously defend your client. And in his mind, he's zealously defending his client. Uh, using the speakership like that? No. He, to me, I see that as a gross uh, violation of his ethics and his power. Well, yeah, uh, listen. No doubt about it, should be thrown, should be convicted. I don't want to hear this mumble jumbo, Eric, about all these uh, procedures or these getting around the law or his position. This man should be brought up in front of a judge. He should be charged, and the victims who are, are of these crimes, they should be able to personally go after him in a lawsuit. He may not be able to sue the state, but they could personally go after him because of abuse of his power. I'm not a lawyer, but I know some secrets that they don't want you to know about. Hey, hey Joe, hey, do you know who your state representative is? Uh, yes, it is. I'm, I'm, I'm directly related to the guy, and I'd rather not uh, mention his <laughs> no, name. No, 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 that's fine. I, I will you you, you need to unload union. this passion on your state representative. I, I, I got a break here. To be Ron Strickland, but uh, I will, I will uh, mention it to him. Yep, you, you got to call him. You got to call him, and you got to empower the state representative, and you need to, to direct fire there. I will tell you, though, uh, the speaker's not breaking any law. He's just using his power as speaker in a way that he shouldn't, in a way that is denying justice to proceed. Uh, so no one could sue him for this. He's just, in his mind, zealously representing his defendants and still wrong how he's doing it, though. Welcome back. Uh, Speaker of the House going to be in a taped interview. It's interesting that it's a taped interview. Not a live interview uh, for the speaker. Uh, WSB-TV coming up here in just a little while. Check it out. Uh, the fact that the speaker feels compelled to have to sit down with the TV crew and do the story is pretty profound. It tells you that the pressure is building and you need to keep the pressure building on your state representatives. They need to hear from you. You need to keep calling them. You need to call back. Now that there's actually affirmative action being taken to remove the speaker, you need to make sure your state representative is on board. And don't tolerate excuses and don't tolerate them uh, not having somebody call you. you. You make them call you back. Mike from Forsyth, we got less than a minute, but wanted to get you in here. Hey, thanks, Eric. Um, so I'm just curious if you're keeping up with a list of the state reps that are not kind of being uh, involved in the conversation. I left a, a message for my rep and have made several calls with no response back. As a matter of fact, I'm going to start doing that and we'll start posting this daily, uh, both at my uh, website, theresurgent.com, and also here uh, giving shout outs to those who are supporting and also letting you know who's not so you guys who are in the districts can build pressure. Uh, it, it's time to make a full court press on this. It's time for this situation to change, but it's going to require you guys to pick up the phone and call.